a pastor and a worship leader were having problems. And it wasn't anyone from our church. I know you were thinking maybe Sister Dorothy, but she was very nice to Pastor Nick. <laughs> so it wasn't anyone from our church. So a pastor and a worship leader, they were having a lot of problems with each other. And unfortunately, it started to spill over in the worship service. Well, one Sunday morning, the pastor preached on being willing to change. Well, after the sermon, the worship leader got up and sang the hymn, I shall not be moved. <laughs> well, the next Sunday, the pastor preached on giving generously. Well, after the sermon, the worship leader led in Jesus, paid it all. <laughs> well, the Sunday following, the pastor preached on the fact that I can't remember, but he preached on gossip. So he preached about gossip and how we shouldn't be gossiping. And so after the sermon, once again, the worship leader came forward, asked everyone to sing, I love to tell the story. <laughs> well, finally, pastor had enough. He couldn't take it anymore. He decided he was going to resign. So that Sunday morning came forth. He said, Jesus brought me here and Jesus is taking me away. Well, would you know, the worship leader sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me? to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 1. And if you are able to, would you please stand as I read God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 1. I must go on boasting... Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think of me, that is, no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say." To keep me from becoming conceited, because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that is ours to hear from you this morning. We commit ourselves to you, and we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds 
to your word and to what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. In this passage of scripture, the apostle Paul is the one who is writing. And here we see that in the beginning verses, he tells us about the wonderful things that God had revealed to him, the visions and the revelations. And he talks about it sort of in third person when he talks about the fact that he knew a man who 14 years ago, well, we're we're talking about him and he's talking about himself. And so this was early on in his ministry and God had revealed such great things with him and to him. And he was able to see and to hear all of these wonderful things, some of which he says were not permitted for man to tell. They are are not for us to know until one day when we get to heaven. And although God had shown him all of these wonderful things, although God had used him in so many ways, he was still not without suffering. He was not exempt from the suffering that he faced. He faced, in fact, many, many hardships in his life, much persecution, and went through a lot. And you see, as God's people, we too are not exempt from those hardships. No matter who we are, we will go through those tough times. We will experience these things. And so it says, whatever it was, there was a a thorn in his flesh. And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take this away. Three times I asked him to remove it. But you see, God didn't remove that thorn in his flesh. Instead, God tells him, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. You see, whatever that thorn may be, it can represent the thing in our life that is is burdening us, the thing in our life that is causing us problems, the things that are causing us sorrow, the thing that we may be losing sleep over. And for, for us, it can be represented in many different ways. It can be a physical illness that we're facing. It can be a physical um, disability. It can be marriage problems, financial burdens, work at uh, stress at work. It can be stress at school. It can be expectations or insecurities or, or fears or doubt. It can be a whole bunch of things. And whatever it is, God says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And so we know that God's grace is sufficient. And number one, his grace is sufficient to help us deal with physical challenges. His grace is sufficient to help us deal with the physical things that we face. You know, many Bibles speculate on what Paul's thorn in his flesh may be. Now, it's not known for a fact exactly what it is, but a lot of Bible scholars speculate that it may have been severe headaches that Paul was experiencing. And this is what he refers to as the thorn in his flesh. These severe headaches that he experienced. But whatever it may be, it obviously bothered Paul greatly for him to plead with God three times to take it away. And for many of us, that thorn in our flesh could necessarily be those physical challenges that we may have. We know that we live in a fallen world and and so we're open to all of these different sicknesses and diseases and all of these different things. And more and more we're seeing people who are suffering physically. 
Pastor Nick and I, especially as pastors, are constantly in the hospitals visiting, and I'm reminded of the physical challenge that so many of us deal with on a day-to-day basis. And you see, that thorn in your flesh may be the physical challenges. We know that God from the Gospels, that God is able to heal us, that God is able to to heal those physical challenges that we face. We see that Jesus healed people time and time and time again. And it may be that he has not yet healed you for whatever reason. It may be that he has not taken away that pain, that he hasn't taken away that sickness or that disease. But we need to trust him because he says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. He knows what he is doing for whatever reason, even if we don't receive that healing here on earth, he will give us the grace to continue on. He will give us the strength to go on. He will give us everything day by day to go on, to press forth. And you know, I'm excited because I know that one day when we get to heaven, we will not experience this anymore. That one day there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more arthritis. There will be no more knee pain and back pain and carpal tunnel. There will be none of that for we will be transformed and made new. And so we hold on to the promise that God has that even if he does not choose to heal me in this life, he says, my grace is sufficient to help us deal with those physical challenges that we face. God says that my grace is sufficient to provide for all of your daily needs. God's grace is sufficient that he is able to provide. God is more than enough for us. And when we say sufficient, it means more than enough. God is able to give us what we need day by day. You see, God cares about his people. He will give us what we need, not always what we want, but he gives us what we need. We need to look to him and trust him day by day. You see, when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, every day they depended upon God to send them the manna and the quail in order for them to eat. And God told them to go and to gather just enough for the day. And if they were greedy and they took more than they should have, it actually spoiled and turned to maggots. He said, go and take just what you need for the day. Trust me because I will provide for you tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. He will provide for all of our needs. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us this day our daily bread. He is able to provide more than enough. He is able to continue to provide. Are we trusting him to meet our daily needs? Are we trusting him to provide for what it is that we need? You see, God gives and he is generous. Are we being generous with what he gives us? Are we being generous with our time? 
Are we being generous with our talents and our resources? Are we being generous with our finances in giving our tithe that is due to him, in giving our mortgage fund pledge or giving to world missions? You see, when God provides and he blesses, he expects us to go and to bless others and to give generously. And the more that we are generous, the more God will give to us. Because if he can trust us with the little things, then he can continue to trust us with the big things? Are we trusting him to meet our daily needs? Have you ever gone to the bank only to see those two dreaded words, insufficient funds? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) But if you have ever seen those words, insufficient funds, or if maybe you haven't seen them, but you knew that you had insufficient funds, so you just didn't go to the bank (laughs) because you knew it wasn't there anyways. But you see, those are two dreaded words. But you see, when we go to God, his resources are never insufficient. In fact, they are sufficient. They are more than enough for us. His word says in Philippians chapter 19, and this is the same God who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He is more than enough to provide for all of our needs. Are you trusting him to provide for your daily needs? God's Grace is also sufficient to give us strength to go through trials. God's grace is sufficient to give us the strength to go through trials. Three times Paul asked him, three times Paul pleaded with him to remove this thorn in my flesh, but he said no. My grace is sufficient. He says no, I'm not going to take it away but I will help you to get through it. I'm not going to remove it, but I will give you the strength to continue on and to go on. God did not take it away, but he gave Paul the strength to bear it. And that's how God works. He may not always spare us from those things, but he helps make us able to conquer and to overcome. God wants to see us through. He wants to give us the victory. And you see, when victory is on its way, that's when the devil tries and comes and attacks. And the devil is always waiting. The enemy is always there to attack us, to bring us down, even when we know that victory is on its way. And the devil will come, and he will come to steal and destroy and to take away that which God has in store for us. And you see, there is always going to be opportunity opportunity for him to come. And the fact is, and the truth of the matter is, that sometimes God is going to let him touch us. Sometimes God will let him place a hand upon us. Read the story of Job, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes God will allow him to touch us, but God is still in control. Sometimes God will allow us to go through those trials, to go through those tribulations, to go through those things in order to bring us to the place where he wants us to be. You see, there are times where we have to go through in order to get to the other side. If we want to see victory, there is usually a challenge that stands before that victory. You see, 
In, in the fact of uh, the, the Joseph, he went down to the pit, but he conquered that. In the Israelites, in coming out of bondage from Egypt, they had to cross the Red Sea in order to get to the other side. In order for David to, in order for Goliath to be beaten, David had to stand up against that giant in order to defeat him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went through the fire, but God's hand was still upon them. Daniel went into the lion's den, but God shut the mouth of the lion. Jesus went to the cross, but God raised him from the dead. You see, there are times where we have to go through something in order to get the victory. There are times where God will allow us to go through it, but he promises I will not leave you. I will be right there in the midst of the fire. I will be right there in the midst of the water so that you can walk through the fire and you will not be burned. So that you can go through the water and it will not sweep over you. Because he reminds us that I am the God who has brought you through. God is there in the midst of whatever we face. Do you believe that? You may be asking God, why haven't you taken that away? God, why haven't you changed my circumstance. God, why haven't you changed the situation? But God is saying, trust me, my grace is sufficient. When you go through it, you will see, because I will be there on the other side waiting. You will see. I heard Joyce Myers, I think it was Joyce Myers, say one time, you can't have a testimony without a test. You cannot have a testimony. You cannot tell about the things that God has done in your life if there are no tests for you to go through in order to get to the other side. You must go through something, but God's grace is sufficient to get us through. Get us through and give us the strength to go through those trials. And some people have a misunderstanding and a misconception of what victory is. That they think that victory is only there when the enemy is completely out of the way, when the circumstances are just right, when everything is perfect in my life and when it's going the way that it should be, but that's not what it is. God says that I am there in the midst of it. God wants to do great things in our life, and he may not remove that thorn in our flesh, but he helps us to get through it. And you know, sometimes I wonder if that thorn in your flesh and the thorn in my flesh may be the only thing that's keeping us dependent upon God. Maybe that thorn in your flesh is the only thing that's keeping you praying and fasting and seeking God with all that you are. And if he was to remove that thing, would we still be as dependent upon him? If God was to completely take it out, if there were never any problems, would we still run to God hungry and desperate for him? You see, God has a way of keeping us close. He has a way of humbling us and reminding us that we need him, that we are still dependent upon him no matter what we go through. There is a beautiful hymn called God Leads Us Along, and the refrain says this, some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. No matter what we go through, 
He is there in the midst of it all. He is able to fix our problems. He is able to change our circumstances. But there's a reason why he may not. But he tells us, trust me. He says, look to me. Seek me. I will give you what you need. And sometimes when we look at our situations and we see how big it is and how God has allowed us to be in a situation, sometimes we have no choice but to trust him because there's nothing else that we can do. Sometimes when we've looked to the left and we've looked to the right and we've looked to the front and to the back and we see there's no hope, the only thing left to do is to stand still and trust God and say, God, I'm letting go. I'm placing it into your hands. I don't understand. I don't know how, but you are in control, and I believe that you are able. God may allow us to go through that place. You know, when you think of the story of Noah and the ark, Noah went through a flood, and that flood can be symbolic of uh, flooded, uh, we have a flood of problems, a flood of stress, a, a flood of this and a flood of that in our life that, you know, we're barely surviving and getting through. But you see, after the flood, where was Noah? He was on the mountaintop. You see, the flood that he went through brought him from here to here. And after that flood, he was on the mountaintop. And sometimes when we go through those floods in our life, when we go through those situations and those trials in our life, God is bringing us from down here to standing on that mountaintop. He is bringing us into victory. Are we trusting him? Are we trusting him? And are we looking to him? You see, that thorn can be a number of things, and whatever it may be, we still need to trust that God is able, that he's bringing us to higher heights and deeper depths, and whatever it is, we need to know his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient to help us deal with physical challenges. His grace is sufficient to provide for all our daily needs, and his grace is sufficient to give us strength to go through trials. There is a beautiful poem that says this. When you are the neediest, he is the most sufficient. When you are completely helpless, he is most able. When you are the weakest, he is the strongest. When you feel you are at your best, he is still the greatest. When it is darkest, he is the only light that you need. When you feel the least secure, he is your rock and your fortress. When you are the most humble, he is the most gracious. When you say that you cannot, remember that he can. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that indeed your grace is sufficient. Lord, we may not always understand why we go through certain things or why you have allowed certain things to happen in our life, but Lord, we look to you and we trust you. We trust that even if you do not remove from us whatever it is that is causing us burdens and pain and sorrow, that God indeed, you would give us the strength to go on. You would help us to trust you and know that your grace is enough, that you are more than enough for each and every one of us. And so, Lord, we thank you for where you have brought us to where you are going to take us. We thank you, God, that in the midst of the fire, you are there, that in the midst of the flood, you are standing right there. And we thank you, God, for that promise. May you be with each one, and may you continue to help us to look to you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen.